0: Yeah, Welcome to the Ranting Ring Watcher Podcast. The future number one weight loss podcast in the world. I am your host, Donato Russo. I hope you enjoy the show today. If this is your first time here and you enjoy the show, please like, share, comment and subscribe. If the podcast app you're listening on allows you to rate the show, please leave a four star or five star rating rating is greatly appreciated here we are episode 97 it is a packed show planned for you now let's get into this journey updates well not a great week not a terrible week either we got a, a half pound gain. Uh, total lost for the month of June so far is three point eight pounds. Total loss since January twenty nineteen is one hundred and fifty pounds. Pounds remaining to get to milestone one seventy five is twenty five pounds. Pounds remaining to get to milestone two hundred is fifty pounds. So not a, not a great week. I mean, I am starting to feel like when it comes to the scale, I have one anchor and one chain left to break. I mean, there are so many ways that I have rendered the scale to have less and less power over my journey as time has gone on. In the beginning, I used to show up on a Saturday morning in the studio and if I didn't lose weight, it ruined the entire weekend. And as I grew and matured, I would get over it quicker and quicker and quicker. But I was a wreck. I was a, an emotion, I was pissed off at the world. Pissed off at the world if the scale didn't go my way and i would go nuts analyzing everything trying to figure out what needed to change what did i got to, what did i have to do to keep losing weight sometimes i think about that version of myself and wonder how the hell did i get from there to here you know because it just it is a completely different way of thinking the emotional journey it takes to go from that mentality to where I am now is, in, is incredible. And some of the most notable things that I have achieved in regards to the scale and dealing with the scale and dealing with receiving bad news from the scale. I developed a system where I had to create consistency in my life and in my eating. And that consistency idea came from consistency and exercise. So once I created consistency and exercise in my life, it was like, I've, I think I've said this before, creating consistency in something that, you know, in anything in your life, Somehow, some way, you start to see the other things if they are related to what you created consistency in. In this case, in my case, it is the quest for a healthy lifestyle. So, in my quest for a healthy lifestyle, I created consistency in exercise. And it probably took a total of, I want to say, four to six months total. To get, to get real listen this whole 21 days to make a habit it's BS okay really to really say that it's ingrained and consistent it, it just it takes what it takes whatever it takes it takes when you start doing it without thinking now you know from that day on it that's how long it took okay? When you do these things without hesitation, without saying, oh, damn, I got to do this. I got to get it done today. And you make sure and you have it written down in a million and one places and a million and one alarms going off because you have to get that thing done. Or you just get up and brush your teeth and you just get up and work out those. That's that's how it's got to become. You do it without thinking. When you do things without thinking, then you know you have achieved a new habit and it is consistent. However long that took is up to you. But that's what it takes. So it took me probably four to six months to create real consistency in my life. And that was because every time I made a change, I gave the change an additional Four weeks. I did one thing. I did it for four weeks. I added something. I did that for four weeks. I added something else. Do you understand? Everything was in four-week intervals. And that's how it turned into six months pretty easily. But all of a sudden, I started to see inconsistency in other areas of my journey... When I created consistency in one area of my journey, it was like shining the light on the other stuff. So it became like, well, if I created consistency here, how do I do it there? Come up with a plan. Do it the same way. Give a duration. However long that duration goes, you don't make any, any changes. You just deal with it, right? Right? So then I created that consistency in my eating. Now, everybody would think that I eat very boring. When I say I took the first six, seven months of my journey to decide what I liked, and I stuck to it. Same breakfast every day, seven days a week. Same lunch, uh, six, seven days a week. Some days it's six, some weeks it's six, some weeks it's seven, okay? But the same lunch, The overwhelming majority of the week. The dinner is the same every Monday, every Tuesday, every Wednesday. I created such consistency because these were the things, number one, I could depend on them being healthy and good choices. Number two, they tasted good. And they sustained me. Number three, those were the most important things. I made minor adjustments as I learned how to deal with things in my life, like night cravings. I upped protein at dinner, and that changed the night craving situation for good. I read an article that said if you want to stop night cravings, eat protein, eat more protein at dinner. Like the majority of your plate needs to be protein. So I started experimenting, and from the day I experimented, the very first day, I never craved anything sweet after dinner ever again, and I've been doing it since. But these that was how minor of adjustments I made. Here's the one thing I noticed. So now that I have consistency in exercise, and now that I have teamed it up with consistency in eating, all of a sudden... I can look at my entire brand of work here. And I could say, well, this gain isn't right. I know what I did. I know the work I put in. So we're just going to deal with it. And all of the sudden, a new system was put in place about no more changes unless the gain becomes a trend. And I've said this before too. If if you're a stockbroker and you sell... Every time the stock dips, you'd be the worst worst stockbroker on the planet. Nobody would hire you to do anything for them. Because stock market goes up and down like crazy. And you got to know how to ride the trend. It's the same thing with weight loss. Your weight loss looks identical to a stock ticker except it's going in the opposite direction. The idea is that the weight loss goes down, the stock goes up. That's the only difference. If the stock dips and you sell every time, you're going to end up losing a lot of money. But if you wait it out, it might climb up again. With the same idea in mind, I implemented consistency in trusting the scale. To make a change. So I said okay fine. I got a gain this week. And now. We wait. And if it was two gains in a row. I still waited. No changes. Because three weeks makes a trend. If I had three gains in a row. Then I made a change. Then I decided to analyze. And listen. My tracker. Was accurate. It's not perfect, but it's 97% accurate. I could depend on the data in there. And so when I go to look at my tracker on the third gain and do some real analysis of what I need to do, I could depend on the information there. Now, if I had skipped any bit of tracking, now I can't depend on that data anymore. And now everything is ruined. Because there's a consistency in exercise. There's consistency or what we think is consistency in eating, but no consistency in tracking. So now we can't depend on the data. We can only think of what we ate. And here's what I know about the human nature. Human nature tends not to remember the things they did that they consider bad. They remember everything they did that they consider good. So in the essence of this creation, when I said We aren't making changes anymore unless the gain becomes a trend. So I had to get three gains in a row in order to make a change. And every time I created something like this, the scale had less and less power. Another thing I did to give the scale less power is I stopped putting deadlines on scale goals. I learned really quickly adding a deadline to a scale goal was absolutely ludicrous because of how consistent I was being and because of how much my weight fluctuated, there was no chance in hell that I was going to make deadlines anymore. Listen, if, if I kept making deadlines, the amount of times it took to get to 100, the amount of deadlines I blew getting, the, getting to 100 pounds lost, I probably would have quit already. I got That's what taught me my lesson. Chasing 100 is what taught me the lesson to stop putting deadlines on scale goals. Because every time I adjusted, I adjusted again. I adjusted again. I adjusted again. Stupidity. It was stupidity. Because all it did was create more disappointment. All it did. But once I started creating consistency in everything else, I knew I could depend on those things. And so eliminating deadlines on the scale gave the scale even less power. And all of my value, everything that I hold and I'm proud of is in the work that I put into this journey, the meticulous nature of which I track, the consistent nature of which I exercise and eat, my ability to foresee changes I may need to make in future based on current data. I'm always looking at data. That's basically it. I could, because I can foresee what can come. When this training told me, Don, there's no way you're going to want to leave the house at 5 p.m. and then go for an hour and a half walk and then come home and eat dinner. There is no way you're going to want to do that. And you know it. So make a plan now. Because that's going to be the only way you succeed. Do not hit a crash course thinking you're going to be able to make it when you know in your head there's no way you're going to want to punch out from work and leave the house at 5 o'clock an hour later than you normally would. There's no way you're going to want that. So I made the plan. I implemented the plan. And the plan is going smoothly ever since. I'm waking up at four in the morning, which the majority of you might think that's crazy. But you know what? It takes what it takes. If I decide waking up at four in the morning is what it takes, then it takes what it takes. There are so many things when you look at someone who's successful in the journey, in anything in life. When you look at somebody who created tons and tons of wealth, And you look at what they do on a daily basis. And you say, wow, that's not necessary. You don't need to do all that. Meanwhile, that's the guy with the billions and billions of dollars. And you're the one with, you're broke. And you're saying that's not necessary. Do you understand where I'm going here? You can watch anybody who had tremendous success in health, weight loss and in their health journeys. And you could see the things that they do. And I'm sure that you could say two or three things that they do, not necessary for you. Meanwhile, they're the one with the tremendous success and you're struggling every week. They tell you for a reason, surround yourself with people who are better than you and you will learn from them. I mean, my dad used to say that all the time. If there was one thing my dad instilled in me, he instilled, if you hang out with people who are scum, you're going to be scum. If you hang out with people who are great, you're going to be great. And so I set forth that I would surround myself in this journey with successful people, and I would emulate them in any way possible I could. And here we come to the last chain of the scale. The last chain of the scale is every milestone now that it's happening with. Every milestone feels this way. It is, there's an anxiety involved with going just past the milestone. It happened with 75. It happened with 100. And it happened with 125, and now it's happening with 150. And just to give you an example, I hit minus 102.6 on August 22nd, 2020. That's when I crossed the 100-pound marker, 102.6. And then I spent the next few weeks, August 29th through September 12th, gaining 5.5 pounds. And I couldn't get back to the 102.8 is when I got there on October 3rd. October 3rd, 2020. And now we take the 125 milestone. We hit the 125 milestone on April 17th, 2021. From the 24th of April to May 8th, we gained four and a half pounds. And then it took me until May 15th to get back to 126.8. When I hit the 150 milestone here, something changed in me. I'm even still analyzing it now because I'm having a It's probably not healthy to think the way I think right now. And I'm not telling you it is. But nothing seems worth it anymore. I remember when I first started this journey. And I was so motivated and so uh, determined to lose weight. That nothing seemed worth eating. If it meant the detriment of the journey, nothing seemed worth eating. It was just food. That's the way I thought. And then I achieved some level of success and I relaxed. I probably relaxed too much at this point. Because there are a lot of habits that I don't like. Especially when it comes to the weekends. And I want to fix those. I want the the weekends to be just as regimented as Monday through Friday. I want to do it without thinking. When I hit the 150 milestone... It was the first milestone I ever had that I didn't have a celebration meal planned. Every other milestone I ever achieved, I had a celebration meal. I knew exactly what restaurant, I knew exactly what I wanted to order, I went and ordered it. And to be honest with you, that probably explains the 5.6 gain and the 4.6 gain on the last two milestones. This time, I didn't have it. I didn't have anything in mind. I just saw that the scale finally hit. And I was like, thank God. Thank God. And now I find myself, I, I look at a lot of food with disgust now. Because I see it as a detriment to the journey. And like I said, I'm not saying it's healthy way to think. I'm just saying that's what I'm thinking. I'm not sure how to deal with this. But you know what? We're going to take a break. Don't go anywhere. Hello. I'm Donato Russo. And I am The Ranting Weight Watcher I wrote an affirmation It's called The Rancher's Creed I dedicate that affirmation To all of you Who are watching Nothing can stand in your way because you are an unstoppable force. Your challenges crumble in your presence because you are so strong. Your insecurities no longer have power over your life because you are so confident. Your mistakes are your choices and you are okay with this because you are so intelligent. The mirror and the scale no longer haunt you because you are so beautiful. You can face any circumstance with unwavering support because you are so loved. The demons of your past can no longer torment you because you love yourself. All things are possible as long as you believe because God is on your side. You will achieve all of your goals, not if, but when, because you have no boundaries. You are the champion of your story because you do whatever it takes to win. No one can take what you've done away from you because you are the author and the hero of your story. Arise, champion. The victory is yours. Because you are enough. And now it's time for Random Facts You Didn't Know You Needed to Know with the Ranting Weight Watcher. Hi, everybody. So we got our first ever email from a listener by the name of Heather. This says, strange but true laws that are still on the books. Florida's elephant riders get no special treatment. If planning on parking their elephants at a paid meter, they must pop in some change. And here's one more. Florida is also tough on the unmarried woman who plans on doing her (laughs) parachuting on Sundays. (laughs) Not a problem if you're in the company of your husband, though. (laughs) All right. It seems incomplete, but that's all there is. And that's from Heather. Thank you, Heather. Thank you for being the first one. For anybody who doesn't know why I just read that. I have a fear of reading aloud. And I decided I was going to use this podcast to defeat that fear once and for all. So if there's any random fun fact, or just random fact, that you want me to read on the air, send an email to therantingweightwatcher at gmail.com with whatever fact. And I won't open it. And I won't edit it. It'll be raw and that's it. And I will be able to gauge how good I'm getting at reading aloud. And we'll see. So this was the first one. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Now, back to the show. And we are back. Thanks for sticking with me. So... I kind of have a a little bit of a battle plan when it comes to dealing with it. You, You know what it kind of feels like? When you pass a milestone, any milestone really, but there's so many people that never make it past the smaller milestones. They get so comfortable in the very beginning and that used to be me. I used to lose 20 pounds, get that 20 pound milestone Everybody tells me I look good and I gain it all right back. So to get to this point where you're you're celebrating much bigger milestones, milestones that very few get to. There's a level of anxiety that comes with giving it back. If you gain have a gain that makes it so you're below that milestone there's a level of anxiety that gets introduced. And I believe that this anxiety is the last chain that attaches me to the scale. The last chain that if I can defeat this, then the chain will have zero power over my journey anymore. It is just a data point that we use to measure health for now. Don't get me wrong. I don't think that this scale is going to be my measurement forever. I told you that when I hit 200, I'm going to have a serious life choice to make. And either one of those life choices, I'm not sure any of either of them keeps me with Weight Watchers. I think they're going to have to move me forward to something else. I don't know yet. I don't know yet. Here's the one thing I do, I do know. I haven't seen many bodybuilders on Weight Watchers. People who, who are into extreme fitness, I haven't seen them here. So there must be some sort of change that if you, cha- if you chase something like that, this extreme level of fitness, if you go and chase that, there's got to be an end date With something like Weight Watchers. I have no idea. I'm not sure if there is any bodybuilder out there. And you're here in this show. And you're still on Weight Watchers. Then you know what? Send me an email. Let's talk. Like, Let me get you on the show. We'll talk about it. But I think that when you hit this level of fitness. Everything changes. Food definitely becomes more fuel for the body than anything else. And everything is fueling. The, the workout that you're going to push yourself to do. So when you're done losing all of the extra weight you've already accumulated, and now it's just about pushing yourself to achieve new levels of fitness, it might change. I could be wrong, like I said. But that's how I'm thinking. So my plan to deal with This last level of anxiety having to do with the scale is number one, to create a cushion goal. What's a cushion goal? A cushion goal is enough weight loss that even if you have a fluctuation, you're still over the milestone. Now, I set that cushion goal for five pounds. I don't know that that's enough because I have fluctuated six or seven pounds before. So even five pounds may not be enough. Realistically, the cushion goal may need to have to be uh, eight or nine pounds, realistically. But we're starting with five. The cushion goal is to get to 155 ASAP to try and get rid of this anxiety. I don't even know if this is a way that I can deal with this kind of anxiety. I have no idea. But it's the only thing I could think of. And since I didn't have a food reward plan for 150, that's now the new rule. No future milestone goal. 175 and 200. There's not going to be a planned celebration meal anymore. If we want to create equality and all seven days of the week, I'm not telling you I'm never going to go out to eat. I'm telling you that the, there's not going to be a reason to celebrate with food. I'm not going to celebrate a weight loss milestone with food anymore. That's what I'm going to tell you. I'm not telling you you're wrong for doing it. I'm telling you that I'm not going to do it anymore. That's what I'm telling you. I didn't have it planned this time and that's a sign that I'm mature enough to say I don't need to celebrate with food for a weight loss milestone. If I didn't think of it then, I don't need to think of it for 175 and I certainly don't need to think of it for 200. I got to think of anything. Are there any quick adjustments I need to make? I have to look at my tracker. Is there anything that can be sacrificed to get to this cushion goal as soon as possible. Now, people hear sacrifice and they think, hey, no, don't give up stuff because then you're going to just want it and all this stuff. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I understand all of that. I also understand at any given moment, you have to be willing to give up Everything that you think makes you who you are so you can achieve everything you ever were supposed to. I also know that. So these things that I love, these items, these food items that I love, they're not me. They're not who I am. They're not the new version of myself I'm striving to become. And they may not have part of that person's life. And if the difference between me and that person is a cookie, you could bet your sweet ass the cookie's gone. Think about that for a second. What if the difference between who you are now to who you're meant to become is is a random food item that you can't live without right now? all of your dreams, all of your hopes, all of your wishes, what if the one thing that stands between you and that version of yourself is the one food item you love the most? Now, what's more important? Is the food item more important or is that new version of yourself more important? If you truly believe, if you're truly dreaming to become this person, And that person that you want to become is telling you, in order to be here, you need to make this sacrifice. If they tell you that, are you willing to do it? And all I'm telling you is, the day I hit 150, I suddenly became willing to give up everything. I don't know if this is a healthy way of thinking, but nothing seems worth it anymore. I go to restaurants and I stare at menus for God knows how long. Trying to figure out what to eat because nothing seems worth eating considering the amount of points it would be. Can you make good choices at restaurants? Sure you can. Is it still going to be less points if you made that same food at home? Yes, it's going to be less points because you cook differently than the chef in the restaurant does. So whatever you're paying for in a restaurant, not only are you paying more money, you're paying more points because that person in the back room in the kitchen there does not know you're on Weight Watchers and uses whatever he or she uses to make that dish. And that's something you don't have control over. But this is the mood I've been in. This is where my mind has been since I hit 150 just a couple of weeks ago. I haven't felt this way in a very long time. I mean, we're in this three years. Well, three and a half years, just about. Probably the last time I felt like this, I was in the first four to six months of the journey. I mean, because it wasn't until after... I didn't do my heavy eating Saturdays until after I became consistent in exercise. Because when I saw how many activity points I was creating, I decided to give myself a treat on Saturday nights. I would be, That would be the only night of the week I allowed myself to use the activity points I created. And that's how this was all born. Heavy eating Saturdays were, didn't exist before I made exercise a consistent part of my life. And now they exist. And not only do Saturdays exist, sometimes Sundays exist. Heavy eating Sundays, it bleeded right over into it. And I know that the biggest thing I had to change to get to 200 is to get rid of the weekends as they are right now. I know it. I know it. I know that as much as I knew when, I, when, when Terry handed me the 50-pound charm in August 2019, she handed me that 50 pound charm. When she handed that to me, I knew that day I would not get the next 50 without introducing exercise into my life. And I, without hesitation, I started to chase consistency in exercise. And I didn't know anything else. Until I got this 150 milestone. And on that day where I hit the 150 milestone, again, I just knew in order to get to 200, all seven days have to become balanced. There can't be any messing around with cheating, cheat nights, I don't, call them, I don't call them cheat nights because I do everything required that Weight Watchers asks me to do. Track, measure, move. To me, they're not cheating nights and that's why I say they're heavy eating nights. I'm loose on the level of health, healthy choices on Saturday and Sunday. But in order to get to 200... All seven days have to be balanced. That doesn't mean I'll never go out to eat again. That doesn't mean there won't be a time where I choose an unhealthy option. That means that it cannot be consistent. That's what that means. That means the Saturday night heavy eating night cannot be consistent anymore. And the Sunday night heavy eating night cannot be consistent anymore. It has to end. And I'm willing. I'm willing to have it all end to get the final 50. Because that's what it's about. It's about achieving the final 50. Every move I make from this day forward is about achieving the final 50. That's all there is to it. My health and that 200-pound charm means more to me than whatever food I stuff my face with to find joy in. It sounds horrible to say it like that, but that's, that's how I'm dramatic like that. When I want to make a point, I like to be dramatic. Because when I'm dramatic, people don't tend to forget what I say. <laughs> So nine pound cushion goal, we'll start with five and make our way to 159. That's the, that's the ultimate cushion goal right now. Because even if there's a weight fluctuation from 159, there, I'll still be over the 150 mark. And I won't have this anxiety of feeling like the back of my heels is at the edge of a cliff. Because that's how it feels. So what's the takeaway from this episode? I guess you could say I don't have all the answers. This is one of those times where maybe I'm wrong. I mean, it's not as if I was never wrong before. But here's one thing If you don't know about me, I'll tell you. I learned every lesson in my life, every single one, by deciding, doing, failing, and doing again. Deciding, doing, failing, and doing again. My entire life, And I'm here at this point. And I've never changed my methods. So maybe the way I'm thinking right now is dangerous. Maybe the way I'm thinking right now is completely stupid. Maybe the way I'm thinking right now is exactly what's going to get me the final 50. But I don't know any of those things if I don't do anything. If I don't do anything, I guarantee one thing. I don't get the final 50. Things have to be handled differently to get the final 50. That much I know. I have zero doubt in my mind that whatever got me to this point isn't going to be enough to get me to the final point know this i've come to terms with it now i'm trying to figure out what extra do i need to get to that final point because there's always extra there's always more there's always something else required from the journey there's always a new sacrifice and i'm just trying to figure out what it is And I'm willing to do anything to do that. I love each and every one of you. God bless you all.